Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for the online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading. For the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness, with Section 9, The Eternal Fixation. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today's lesson being Lesson 61, I Am the Light of the World. And this friend is still in, in physical therapy at this point, busy in the early mornings, I believe. Yeah, we are asking for a volunteer to lead a review of that lesson, 61, I Am the Light of the World. So, Lori, do you have a specific opening for the call today? I do, and it's, um, it's a real find, a new poet to me, John Rodell, uh, gave us this poem. I can't make the world peaceful. I can't stall tanks from roaring down roads. I can't prevent children from having to hide in bunkers. I can't silence the sound of bombs tearing neighborhoods apart. I can't convince diplomats to quit playing truth or dare. I can't deflect a sniper's bullet from turning a wife into a widow. I can't do any of that. The only thing I can do is love the next person I encounter without any conditions or strings. To love my neighbor so fearlessly that it starts a ripple that stretches from one horizon to the next. I can't force peace on the world, but I can become a force of peace in the world. Because sometimes all it takes is a single lit candle in the darkness to start a movement. Oh, Spirit, let me be a candle of comfort in the world. Let me burn with peace. I am the light of the world. Amen. Oh, that's perfect, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Excellent. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, guys. It's a privilege to share that. Thank 
Can you post that in our meeting this morning? On Facebook? I can. I really can. Thank you. I will, Charles. Well, thank you, Lori. Turn it down to brass tacks there. Practical application. All right. Um, well, I have today on the, <laughs> with us in reading, I have Lori, Harrison, Jessica, Charles, Karen, Robin Marie, and Judy uh, as, as listening. Um, is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to to say good morning and or join the reading with? Good morning. This is Donna, and yes, I'll read and I'll also do the lesson. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Section 9, The Eternal Fixation. The idea of set is among the better psychological concepts. Actually, it is used quite frequently in the Bible and also in this course under many different terms. For example, quote, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or set on him, unquote, a statement which means God's peace is set in the Holy Spirit because it is fixed on God. It is also fixed in you. You, then, are fixed in the peace of God. The concept of, quote, fixation, unquote, is also a very helpful one, which Freud understood perfectly. Unfortunately, he lost his understanding because he was afraid. And as you know all too well, fear is incompatible with good judgment. Fear distorts thinking and therefore disorders thought. Lori. Chapter 5, Section 9, Eternal Fixation. The idea of quote-unquote set is among the better psychological concepts. Actually, it's used quite frequently in the Bible and also in this course under many different terms. For example, quote, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him or set, a statement which means that God's peace is set in the Holy Spirit because it is fixed on God. It is also fixed in you. You then 
are fixed in the peace of God. The concept of so-called fixation is also a very helpful one, which Freud understood perfectly. Unfortunately, he lost his understanding because he was afraid, and as you know all too well, fear is incompatible with good judgment. Fear distorts thinking and therefore disorders thought. 84. Freud's system of thought was extremely ingenious because Freud was extremely ingenious and a mind must endow its thoughts with its own attributes. This is its inherent strength, although it may misuse its power. Freud lost much of the potential value of his thought system because he did not include himself in it. This is a dissociated state because the thinker cuts himself off from his thoughts. Freud's thoughts, thought was so conflicted that he could not have retained his sanity as he saw it without dissociation. That is why the many contradictions which are quite apparent in his thinking became increasingly less apparent to him. A man who knows what fixation really means and yet does not yield to it is terribly afraid. Thank you, Lori. And Harrison. 84. Freud's system of thought was extremely ingenious because Freud was extremely ingenious. And a mind must endow his thoughts with its own attributes. This is its inherent strength, although it may misuse its thoughts. I'm sorry, although it may misuse its power. For it lost much of the potential value of his thought system because he did not include himself in it. This is a dissociated state because the thinker cuts himself off from his thoughts. Freud's thought was so conflicted that he could not have retained his sanity as he saw it without dissociation. That is why the many contradictions which are quite apparent in his thinking became increasingly less apparent to him. A man who knows what fixation really means and yet does not yield to it is terribly afraid. 85. Fixation is the pull of God on whom your mind is fixed because of the Holy Spirit's irrevocable set. Irrevocable means, quote, cannot be called back or redirected, unquote. 
the irrevocable nature of the Holy Spirit set is the basis for his unequivocal voice. The Holy Spirit never changes his mind. Clarity of thought cannot occur under conditions of vacillation unless a mind is fixed in its purpose it is not clear clarity literally means the state of light and enlightenment is understanding enlightenment stands under perception because you have denied it as the real foundation of thought. This is the basis for all delusional systems. Thank you, Harrison. And Jessica. Thanks, Lemoyne. 85. Fixation is the pull of God on whom your mind is fixed because of the Holy Spirit's irrevocable set. Irrevocable means cannot be called back or redirected. The irrevocable nature of the Holy Spirit's set is the basis for his unequivocal voice. The Holy Spirit never changes his mind. Clarity of thought cannot occur under conditions of vacillation. Unless a mind is fixed on its purpose, it is not clear. Clarity literally means the state of light, and enlightenment is understanding. Enlightenment stands under perception because you have denied it as the real foundation of thought. This is the basis for all delusional systems. 86. The concept of fixation, as Freud saw it, has a number of learning advantages. First, it recognizes that man can be fixated at a point in development which does not accord with a point in time. This clearly could have been a means toward real release from the time belief had Freud pursued it with an open mind. Freud, however, suffered all his life from refusal to allow eternity to dawn upon his mind and enlighten it truly. As a result, he overlooked now entirely and merely saw the continuity of past and future. Thank you, Jessica. And Charles. Thank you. 8.6, or 86, I should say. The concept of fixation as Freud saw it, has a number of learning advantages. First, it recognizes that man can be fixed 
at a point in development which does not accord with a point in time. This clearly could have been a means toward real release from the time belief had Freud pursued it with an open mind. Freud, however, suffered all his life from the refusal to allow eternity to dawn upon his mind and enlighten it truly. As a result, he overlooked now entirely and merely saw continuity of past and future. 87. Second, although Fred Miss Fred, <laughs> although Freud um, misinterpreted what the Holy Spirit told him, or better reminded him of, he was too honest to deny more than was necessary to keep his fear in tolerable bounds as he perceived the situation. Therefore, he emphasized that the point in development at which the mind is fixed, fixated is more real to itself than the external reality with which it disagrees. This again could have been a powerful release mechanism had Freud not decided to involve it in a strong defense system because he perceived it as an attack. Thank you. Thank you, Charles and Karen. 87. Second, although Freud misinterpreted what the Holy Spirit told him, or better, reminded him of, he was too honest to deny more than was necessary to keep his fear in tolerable bounds as he perceived the situation. Therefore, he emphasized that the point in development at which the mind is fixated is more real to itself than the external reality with which it disagrees. This again could have been a powerful release mechanism had Freud not decided to involve it in a strong defense system because he perceived it as an attack. Third, although Freud interpreted fixation as involving irrevocable, quote, danger points, unquote, to which the mind could always regress, the concept can also be interpreted as an irrevocable call to sanity, which the mind cannot lose. Freud himself could not accept this interpretation, but throughout his thought system, the quote-unquote threat of fixation remained and could never be eliminated by any living human being. Essentially, this was the basis of Freud's pessimism, personally as well as theoretically. He tried every means his his very inventive mind could devise to set up a form of therapy which could enable the mind to escape from fixation forever, even though he knew this was impossible.
Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie. Eighty-eight. Third, although Freud interpreted fixation as involving irrevocable, quote, danger points, unquote, to which the mind could always regress, the concept can also be interpreted as an irrevocable call to sanity, which the mind cannot lose. Freud himself could not accept this interpretation, but throughout his thought system, the, quote, threat, unquote, of fixation remained and could never be eliminated by any living human being. Essentially, this was the basis of Freud's pessimism, personally as well as theoretically. He tried every means his very inventive mind could devise to set up a form of therapy which could enable the mind to escape from fixation forever, even though he knew this was impossible. 89. This knowledge plagued Freud's belief in his own thought system at every turn because he was both an honest man and a healer. He was therefore only partially insane and was unable to relinquish the hope of release even though he could not cope with it. The reason for this amount of detail is because you are in the same position. You were eternally fixated on God in your creation. And the pull of this fixation is so strong that you will never overcome it. The reason is perfectly clear. The fixation is on a level so high that it cannot be surmounted. You are always being pulled back to your creator because you belong to him. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Donna. Sorry, I thought Judy was next. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay. 89. This knowledge plagued Freud's belief <clears throat> in his own thought inner system, in his own thought system. At every turn, he was both an honest man and a healer. He was therefore only partially insane and was unable to relinquish the hope of release, even though he could not cope with it. The reason for this amount of detail is because you are in the same position. You are eternally fixed, fixated on God in your creation, and the pull or this fixation is so strong that you will never overcome it. The reason is perfectly clear. The fixation is on a level so high that it cannot be surmounted. You are always being pulled back to your creator because you belong to him. 90. Do you really believe you can make a voice that can drown out his? Do you really believe 
that you can devise a thought system which can separate you from his? Do you really believe that you can plan for your safety and joy better than he can? You need be neither careful nor careless. You need merely you need you need be neither careful nor careless. You need merely to cast your cares upon him because he careth for you. You are his care because he loves you. His voice reminds you always that all hope is yours because of his care. You cannot choose to escape his care because that is not his will. But you can choose to accept his care and use the infinite power of his care for all those he created by it. Thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader for 90 and 91? A new reader for 90 and 91? Okay, back this to you, Lori. That's oh. okay. I can read. Sorry Go ahead, for Sandra. taking so long. No, that's okay. fine. <clears throat> Do you really believe you can make a voice that can drown out his? Do you really believe that you can devise a thought system which can separate you from his? Do you really believe that that you can plan for your safety and joy better than he can? You need be neither careful nor careless. You need merely cast your eyes, uh, sorry, cast your cares upon him because he cares, careth for you. You are his care because he loves you. His voice reminds you always that all hope is yours because of his care. You cannot choose to escape his care because that is not his will but you can choose to accept his care and use the infinite power of his care for all those he created by it. 91. There have been many healers who did not heal themselves. They have not moved, (coughs) excuse me, they have not moved mountains (coughs) by their faith because their faith was not whole. Some of them have healed the sick at times but they have not raised the dead. Unless the healer heals himself, he does not believe that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. He has not learned that every mind God created is equally worthy of being healed because God created it whole. You are merely asked to return to God the mind as he created it. He asked you only for what he gave, knowing that this giving will heal you. Sanity is wholeness, and the sanity of your brothers is yours. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 91 and 92? I can do it, Lemoyne. Okay, go ahead. Judy? 
Okay, thank you. Um, 91, there have been many healers who did not heal themselves. They have not moved mountains by their faith because their faith was not whole. Some of them have healed the sick at times, but they have not raised the dead. Unless the healer heals himself, he does not believe that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. He has not learned that every mind God created is equally worthy of being healed because God created it whole. You are merely asked to return to God, the mind, as he created it. He asks you only for what he gave, knowing that this giving will heal you. Sanity is wholeness, and the sanity of your brothers is yours. Why should you listen to the endless, insane calls which you think are made upon you when you know the voice of God himself is in you? God commended his spirit to you and asks that you commend yours to him. He wills to keep it in perfect peace because you are of one mind and spirit with him. Exclude yourself from the atonement. Excluding yourself from the atonement is the ego's last-ditch defense of its own existence. It reflects both the ego's need to separate and your willingness to side with its separateness. This willingness means that you do not want to be healed. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 92 and 93? Another new reader for 92 and 3? Okay, back to you, Lori. 92. Why should you listen to the endless insane calls which you think are made upon you when you know the voice of God himself is in you? God commended his spirit to you and asked that you commend yours to him. He wills to keep it in perfect peace because you are of one mind and spirit with him. Excluding yourself from the atonement is the ego's last-ditch defense of its own existence. It reflects both the ego's need to separate and your willingness to side with its separateness. This willingness means that you do not want to be healed. 93. But the time is now. 
you have not been asked to work out the plan of salvation yourselves because as I told you before the remedy is not of your making God himself gave you the perfect correction for everything you've made which is not in accord with his holy will I have made his plan perfectly explicit to you and have also told you of your part in his plan and how urgent it is that you fulfill it there's time for delay but there need not be God weeps at the so-called sacrifice of his children who believe they are lost to him thank you Lori and Harrison but the time is now you have not been asked to work out the plan of salvation yourselves because as I told you before the remedy is not of your making God himself gave you the perfect correction for everything you have made which is not in accord with his holy will I have made his plan perfectly explicit to you and have also told you of your part in his plan and how urgent it is that you fulfill it there is time for the way but there need not be God weeps at the quote-unquote sacrifice of his children who believe they are lost to him 94 I have already told you that whenever you are not wholly joyous it is because you have reacted with a lack of love to some soul which God created perceiving this as quote-unquote sin you become defensive because you expect attack the decision to react in this way however is yours and can therefore be undone it cannot be undone by repentance in the usual sense because this implies guilt if you allow yourself to feel guilty you will reinforce the error rather than allow it to be undone for you thank you Harrison and Jessica Uh, okay <laughs> I love that paragraph 94 I have already told you that whenever you are not wholly joyous it is because you have reacted with a lack of love to some soul which God created perceiving this as quote sin 
you become defensive because you expect attack. The decision to react in this way, however, is yours and can therefore be undone. It cannot be undone by repentance in the usual sense because this implies guilt. If you allow yourself to feel guilty, you will reinforce the error rather than allow it to be undone for you. 95. Decisions cannot be difficult. This is obvious if you realize that you must already have made a decision not to be wholly joyous, if that is how you feel. Therefore, the first step in the undoing is to recognize that you actively decided wrongly, but can as actively decide otherwise. Be very firm with yourselves in this, and keep yourselves fully aware of the fact that the undoing process, which does not come from you, is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. Your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. Say to yourselves the following as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. Thank you, Jessica. Um, Do you want to go ahead and read 96? Jessica? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I was reading it quietly to myself (laughs) and getting kind of... 96, okay. Okay. so um, the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slighted invitation. So you begin, say this to yourself, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. Oh, and then keep going. Sorry. I made, okay, I love this. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I will to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I will to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Jessica. And Charles, did you read 95 and 6? Yes, thank you. Decisions can cannot be difficult. This is obvious. If you realize that you must already have made a decision not to be wholly joyous, if that is how you feel. Therefore, the first step in undoing is to recognize that you actively decided wrongly, but can as actively decide otherwise. Be very firm with yourselves in this and keep yourselves fully aware of the fact that the undoing process, which does not come from you, 
is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. Excuse me. Your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. Say to yourself the following, as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. I must have decided wrongly, because I'm not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I will to decide otherwise, because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision, if I will let him. I will let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And Karen, would you read, say, from your part is merely in 95 through 96? Thank you. Yes. Your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. Say to yourselves the following, as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I will to to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I will to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. Thank you, Karen. All right, well, we are past the top of the hour, but uh, <laughs> this reading contains uh, some instruction about not being fixated on time belief. So I will do a summary here. And Okay, so I'll just pitch in. I think one thing to emphasize is in this discussion of fixation is that this is the eternal fixation. So from 83, the idea of set is among the better psychological concepts. 
For example, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is set on him. Which means God's peace is set in the Holy Spirit because it is fixed on God. It is also fixed in you. You then are fixed or set in the peace of God. From 84, a man who knows what fixation really means and yet does not yield to it is terribly afraid. 85, fixation, this eternal fixation, is the pull of God on whom your mind is fixed because of the Holy Spirit's irrevocable set. The irrevocable nature of the Holy Spirit's set is the basis for his unequivocal voice. The Holy Spirit never changes his mind. Clarity of thought cannot occur under conditions of vacillation. Unless a mind is fixed in its purpose, it is not clear. Clarity literally means the state of light, and enlightenment is understanding. Enlightenment stands under perception because you have denied it as the real foundation of thought. And this is the basis for all delusional systems. It's buried under perception. The concept of fixation as Freud saw it has a number of learning advantages. First, it recognizes that a man can be fixated in a point in development which does not accord with a point in time. This clearly could have been a means toward real release from the time belief had Freud pursued it with an open mind. Second, Freud emphasized the point in development in which the mind is fixated is more real to itself than the external reality with which it disagrees. This again could have been a powerful release mechanism as Freud, had Freud not, de- not decided to involve it in a strong defense system because he perceived it as an attack. <clears throat> Third, Although Freud interpreted fixation as involving irrevocable danger points, quote-unquote, to which the mind could always regress, the concept can also be interpreted as an irrevocable call to sanity, which the mind cannot lose. Unfortunately, Freud tried every means his very inventive mind could devise to set up a form of therapy which could enable the mind to escape from fixation forever, even though he knew this was impossible. This knowledge plagued Freud's belief from 89. This knowledge plagued Freud's belief in his own thought system at every turn because he was both an honest man and a healer. He was therefore only partially insane and was unable to relinquish the hope of release even though he could not cope with it. The reason for this amount of detail is because you are in the same position. You were eternally fixated on God in your creation and the pull of this fixation is so strong that you will never overcome it. The reason is perfectly clear. 
the fixation is on a level so high it cannot be surmounted. You are always being pulled back to your creator because you belong to him. Do you really believe you can make a voice that can drown out his? Do you really believe that you can plan for your safety and joy better than he can? You need be neither careful nor careless. You need merely cast your cares upon him because he careth for you. You are his care because he loves you. His voice reminds you that all hope is yours because of his care. You cannot choose to escape his care because that is not his will, but you can choose to accept his care and use the infinite power of his care for all those he created by it. 91. Unless the healer heals himself, he does not believe that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. He has not learned that every mind God created is equally worthy of being healed because God created it whole. You are merely asked to return to God the mind as he created it. He asks you only for what he gave, knowing that this giving will heal you. Sanity is wholeness, and the sanity of your brothers is yours. God commended his spirit to you and asked you commend yours to him. He wills to keep it in perfect peace because you are of one mind and spirit with him. Excluding yourself from the atonement is the ego's last defense, last ditch defense of its own existence. It reflects both the ego's need to separate and your willingness to side with its separateness. This willingness means that you do not want to be healed. But the time is now. You have not been asked to work out the plan of salvation yourself because, as explained above, the remedy is not of your making. God himself gave you the perfect correction for everything you have made which is not in accordance with his holy will. There is time for delay, but there need not be. God weeps at the seeming sacrifice of his children who believe they are lost to him. Ninety-four. Whenever you are not wholly joyous, it is because you have reacted with a lack of love to some soul which God created. Perceiving this as, quote, sin, you become defensive because you expect attack. The decision to react in this way, however, is yours and therefore can be undone. It cannot be undone by repentance in the usual sense because this implies guilt. If you allow yourself to feel guilty, you will reinforce the error rather than allow it to be undone for you. Decisions cannot be difficult. This is obvious if you realize you must already have made a decision not to be wholly joyous if this is how you feel. 
Therefore, the first step in the undoing is to recognize that you have actively decided wrongly, but can as actively decide otherwise. Be very firm with yourself in this, and keep yourselves fully aware of the fact that the undoing process, which does not come from you, is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. Your part is merely to return your thinking at the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. Say to yourself the following as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I will to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I will to let him by allowing him to decide or God, or me. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Lemoyne. Beautiful. Thanks, Lemoyne. That was great. Thank you, Lemoyne. Awesome. Well, you are certainly welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, speak more about my position. Um, after the lesson, uh, Donna, are you prepared to lead the lesson? Yes, would you please? Okay. First, I'd like to say uh, in paragraph 90, when I heard you say this out loud, it was so beautiful. You said, because he loves you. So thank you for doing that recap. Today, we're doing Lesson 61, I Am the Light of the World, Paragraph 1, I Am the Light of the World. This, then, is merely a statement of the truth about yourself. It refers to you as you were created by God, it simply states the truth. Two, humility consists of accepting your role in salvation and then taking no other. Three, the humility, true humility, requires that you accept today's idea because it is God's voice which tells you it is true. 
This is a beginning step in accepting your real function on earth. It is a giant stride toward taking your rightful place in salvation. It is a positive assertion of your right to be saved and an acknowledgement of the power that is given you to save others for. You will want to think about this as often as possible today. It is the perfect answer to all illusions and therefore to all temptation. It brings all the images you have made about yourself to the truth and helps you depart in peace, unburdened and certain of your purpose. Six, I am the light of the world. That is my function. That is why I am here. Nine, today's idea goes far beyond the ego's petty views of what you are and what your purpose is. As a bringer of salvation, this is obviously necessary. This is the first of a number of giant steps we will take in the next few weeks. Try today to begin to build a firm foundation for these advances. Ten, you are the light of the world. God has built his plan for the salvation of his son on you. Let us think about this for a moment. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And a prayer from Day 48 Review. I choose to recognize everyone is my dearest friend. And from the inspiration of us, I am the clarity for understanding to manifest enlightenment. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Amen. amen beautifully, amen. beautifully put together. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Karen, I am the light of the world is my eternal fixation because God put it there and I accept it. I'm complete. Amen. Very simply stated. Thank you, Karen. Ding, 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 ding. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> this is Charles here. 
I love when we read today that the light of understanding is the foundation that underlines all perception. The under, it gives rise to perception. The light of understanding. I am the light of the world, the fixation. The God place within. Oh, what a glory point that is. It's just so beautiful knowing that perception, regardless of whose perception it may be, underlying it is the light of God's love. And to be there with my brothers and sisters and to stand with them in the light of God's love. What about beautiful foundation we share in healing with, we share together as one. In my brother's healing is mine, in which I give thanks to the Father. Amen. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. It's beautiful. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. I did. Oh. I did write down something really quickly about uh, thinking about Freud and uh, other people like him. I wrote: any time a person takes him or herself too seriously and becomes arrogant and the pinnacle of their own thought, that person becomes unteachable by the Holy Spirit, who waits patiently to return that person to God. That was just something that I thought about this morning. Thanks, guys. What a beautiful contemplation. Thank you, Robin Marie. Mm, I love it. Thank you, Robin Marie. This is curious. Um... No. Um, the uh, um, email this morning from uh, the Horton uh, Miracle Society um, at the top of today's lesson, uh, there is a, uh, a song that... Uh, you can access it right under the um, main idea of the lesson, I am the light of the world. And uh, the song very simply repeats the uh, idea for today. And... Uh, then, as that is my only function, that is why I am here. That is my only function, that is why I'm here. It's not a bad job just being the light of the world. Um, Nothing else for me to do. 
And that's liberating, not just for me, but for the world. Um, And uh, that's why I was so impressed with the poem uh, that you read, Laurie, because it seems to reflect this idea. Um, several times I've read in the course, I need do nothing. And that runs counter to, of course, everything I've ever been taught. I've got to fix this. I gotta help this person. Um, I got to solve this problem. Uh, and what the course is saying to me is all you really have to do is to recognize who and what you are. Um, Today's text reading. Uh, I don't know if there's any other um, <clears throat> psychologist or psychiatrist that Jesus talked about in the course other than Freud. And uh, that was very interesting to me as to why he singles out Floyd. And it becomes clear in this reading that Floyd was onto something, uh, particularly with his, um, his uh, idea of the subconscious that there was more to us than our conscious thinking. That uh, beneath this veneer, which uh, to me is the, the world, the physical world, beneath that veneer, is something more powerful. Uh, and in fact, uh, lies our liberation from whatever we think we are experiencing in the world. And it's interesting here that he talks about how Floyd uh, just was right at the precipice, but he just wouldn't go over that that cliff. Um, he 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 wouldn't uh, dive deeply into the what he saw as the subconscious to the realization that. That was our reality. 
not the physical world, not the relationships, uh, and and not the uh, period from quote unquote birth to death, but beneath this uh, level of thinking that we are also familiar with, there lies the reality of who we are. And today's lesson begins to uh, help us understand that we're not this physical body, we're not what psychologists say we are. We are the light of the world. And he's not talking about us bringing light in the world. It is that there is only light. There is only light. There is no world. And this is what Freud just could not bring himself to understand. He wanted to fix our minds so that we were comfortable with the world. There is no being comfortable with the world. We weren't made to be comfortable in the world. We were made to realize that we are the Holy Son of God himself. And that if we thought we were something else, we must have decided wrongly. And when we decide wrongly, we're not at peace. That's always the signal. <laughs> if you're not at peace, you decided wrongly because God's will for you is perfect peace. I'm choosing. Oh, thank you for that, Harrison. Very full. beautiful, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Harrison. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. It just comes comes to remind me, Harrison, that the one that was given this course was a research psychologist and they saw Freud as the father of psychology. And to really bring it home to the point that the psychology didn't go deep enough, rich enough, into the light of God's love and tried to keep it on the surface of man's reality. Because the question that brought this course about was, there must be a better way. That was the question they shared together when they received the Course in Miracles. There must be a better way. And 
they realized that psychology as it is was going nowhere. It hit a dent in and had nothing to offer anyone. So thank you, Harrison. That's truly enriched me the idea that um, the true counselor is the Holy Spirit. It's a true therapist. Thank you. Ooh, thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Hi, guys. It's Jude. Rocking and rolling again today. (laughs) Don't deny the obvious. If you're miserable, I have no one else to blame but myself. Um, You know, this. What little I know about Freud is, you know, he was a neurotic cocaine addict and was really into sex and um, the body and fixed developmental stages, pretty much fixed in very young and immature stages. So, you know, boy, that's a slam for me, slamming Freud. I never was a fan of Freud, honestly. But um, Carl Jung comes from a completely different place, and, and he, he was a, a friend of, of Freud's and, and, and disagreed with him um, on a number of, 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 of um, intellectual studying uh, points of view as far as what psychology was and could be as uh, therapy. But um, a few of the points that I just really am adoring is the changelessness of being fixed by our Creator and um, that changelessness and that constant, consistent, um, undistortable, in, 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 in um, undisturbable, um, you know, that we can't limit it. We only think we can. All these thoughts that we think that are false and, and so fixed that, you know, we find this course difficult. Um, and that's just another false fixed belief that this somehow should be hard to be, just to be happy, joyous, peaceful, and free. You know, you got all these ideas about conflict and being oppositional and having a separate mind and separate will, and it's like enough already. Um, you know, siding and standing with the truth that I'm an idea. My mind is an idea of thinking, loving expression of joyful, happy, loving thoughts and truth. This is how God created us. And, um, you know, the, you know, the whole bringing Freud into this for me, um, he talks about him um, being fixed in time which is a real function of the ego in defining ourselves as something, as a separate self in a body, fixated in, in a past, present, or future. That's what his, his fixation uh, beliefs were about. And, um, you know, that he, ideas, ideas in his mind were fixed that were more real to him than the external reality. Him, I mean, I can identify with this because 
I was a coke addict myself. My fixed reality about my addiction to my drugs was so firm in its concreteness that I, I had totally disassociated from reality as it was. So just from my own personal experience, um, you know, that it can be changed or directed, that thoughts can be changed or directed is our saving grace. And that we have the one who knows who we are in truth, that we can always immediately now, the time is now, the remedy is now and nowhere else. It's not something I have to look for to be healed from the past or fixed and wait for or attain to or become in the future. It's always right here, right now. I'm happy, joyous, or free, or I'm not. And this is one of the most fruitful practices for me and has been since the first time I read this. Um, you know, that I can't deny the obvious. How am I feeling? Am I joyous? Am I happy? Or am I miserable? Ego's the baloney grinder. It's the misery maker. It's the judger. It wants something to be other than the way it is. And looking outside and blaming what's outside of me as the cause of my unhappiness, while it's my mind, my own mind that's judging it and blaming it as a projection. And that thought projects, and I can't, I can't judge anything as unloving unless I'm looking at it unlovingly. This is so clear. You have reacted with a lack of love to some soul which God created. I'm judging it. I'm judging it as allowing myself, allowing myself to look unlovingly. And then, you know, the role of the role that happens, I'm unconsciously feeling guilty because that's not who I am. I've denied who I am. I've denied the truth. And then reinforcing and blaming and judging, condemning the error rather than allowing it to be undone. So this is so, it happens so quick in my mind that I don't even know what's happening. And then I start getting wrapped up into the story. It's all about them, don't you know? I'm pointing my finger. It's all about that, don't you know? And Lori, i got to thank you for that beautiful poem by Rodell. And um, I'd love to, to see that again. Um, that we, we throw love's messages into a pond and that they ripple, that, that we shine the light of our loving understanding, that I know what it means to suffer and I don't want anyone else to suffer. I've learned that much. I've learned what made me suffer, that it's my own thinking, my own mistaken perceptions of what I thought was reality. When I start asking God, what's real? What's true? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? What am I? Who and what and where am I? In you, Lord, <laughs> I become happy, joyous, and free, and undisturbable and unshakable and incredibly light. And my being and able to shine, 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 the love on others that we all so much need. Everybody has a bad day, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. 
things are hard sometimes. And we all need each other to shine the light on each other so that it gets brighter and brighter and lights up all this dark sadness and sickness and sorrow in the world. I just so love that, that idea of paying it forward, giving, giving, giving it to, to know that I have it and that I keep it to strengthen these ideas in my mind and my heart. And I can't do it alone. And I've got goosebumps, so I think I'll stop there. I love you guys, and thank you, Lori and Lemoyne, for your devotion, daily devotion to us coming together. And all, all, all everyone else for their beautiful shares. Mm. Um, thank you so much, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Give that line. Thank you, Judy. When Judy, you were speaking there, I was thinking of that line, God weeps at the unnecessary sacrifice we put ourselves through. It's totally, totally beautiful. Thank you for your honesty and your genuineness and Oh, just totally beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. You know, I didn't get a church for a long time, and when I was living in Colorado for 15 years, not once, and um, I was getting to the end of, um, you know, my slow descent into hell, and and I, I went to a, a midnight Christmas mass, and I so wanted to take Holy Communion, but I felt so, so dirty and so like a sinner. And I knelt in the back pew of the church and I wept. And I wept. And I knew, I knew oh, God was happy that I came back to church. <laughs> so the, um, the experience of God knowing us and us coming home to God is it. Mm-hmm. In- intimate and it's immediate so there I go there I go again I'll be quiet thank you thank you beautiful thank you for sharing that Judy thank you Judy welcome home welcome home Judy welcome home Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. <laughs> That's quite the symbol of release. Thank you. And well said, Harrison. Thank you.
just um, take the little prayer at the very end and just put it everywhere. So I'm seated today. I must have decided wrongly because I'm not at peace. That just seems to cover a whole lot of ground. Doesn't matter what the decision was or is. The focus is on whether or not I'm at peace. If I conclude that I'm not at peace, then it's because I have decided wrongly. My normal, natural state is to be at peace. And if I am not, I made a decision myself. It's not what you have done or what somebody in another part of the world has done or some soldier has done. That's a, a personal decision. I decided that I didn't want to be at peace. The course is a lot about taking personal responsibility. Then I, I hear that. And a lot of your shit is hurted in Judy's is not blaming somebody or somebody outside of us. You know, it's not the cocaine, it's not the marijuana, it's not the alcohol. It's me. It's my decision. And it's not to drink or snort or smoke. It's deciding who I am. It's deciding that I am the Holy Son. God, and that no body can contain my spirit, nor impose upon me no limitation God created not. That's who I am, and if I'm not, I have dominion over everything. I have dominion over addiction. 
I have dominion over cancer. I have dominion over attack or feeling attack. I have dominion over the world. All I have to do is to decide otherwise because if I'm not in peace, I decide wrongly. I don't feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all of the consequences of my wrong decision if, is that big if, I got to him. I will to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. I can read that all day to day. I'm complete. Thank you, dear Father. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. I'm thinking, you know, when God lit our mind. Did you want to speak? The the that God created us first. That we we made our bodies and and our separate selves second. And that there's nothing second to us as God created us. We're purely mind, spirit, in a state of grace forever. Now the Son of God split off for some unknown reason. It's never explained. It's not even to be questioned because it didn't really happen. But in truth, we are, what we are is prior to thought, to thinking, to minds that project thoughts that are separate. So our constant happy, joyous, and free is left when we want something to be other than the way it is, ourselves to be other than the way we are. Accepting myself as a constant and changeless spiritual being fixed in the mind of God is where I have to stand. This is my truth, and this is the whole truth. And I'm going to stand there <laughs> unless somebody unless somebody comes to my house in a tank or something really extreme. I don't know what, but <laughs> it's not so hard for me to stand it in it in in my life as it is. Um, amen. I'm complete. Amen. Thank Thanks, you. Judy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Judy. Well, this is Lemoyne, and uh, yeah, this is. <laughs> I I did a little search. This is most of the reference to Freud in the book and the end of it as well. And I I appreciate the I I can see the error why this why this description is here because it is essentially the same error everyone makes in separation and then. Um, being fixated in that or set 
choosing to choosing that view of separation as the set and and what <laughs> I okay let me go this way first yes that I think that it makes perfect sense to me now why this appear uh, even more sense why this appears to psychologists in the mid 60s whereas my understanding that psychology was coming out of a focus on behavior Skinnerian psychology is focused entirely on behavior and behavior modification and control and I think anybody who's studying the mind goes yeah that all comes out of a mindset right that behaviors are driven by mindsets and it is the mind that controls and so this focus on behavior is treating symptoms and it's not really going to work in the long run and and it's not really providing people with healing it may not even provide people with relief it's just another fixation to pick up on and or shifts the fixation and the point that this makes is we're called this is you know the course is intended to make the bring to our awareness the, the blocks to the awareness of love's presence this explains why <clears throat> I have to look at the fixations that are in the way these blocks and that the eternal fixation will call us to these blocks because that's what's needed in need of healing is these wrong decisions and it's taken years <laughs> this thing of um, a healer who has not healed him unless the healer from 91 unless the healer heals himself he does not believe there is no order of difficulty in miracles he has not learned that every mind God created that thing that I know I've done for a long I've been able to conceive of an all but it's still I am separate from it in some way that I have this particular problems and things that that patterns that I return to and now I understand why they are continually coming up it's because the eternal fixation is buried behind them and so that much of the call to just give as we have been given draws us back to the barrier that prevents its expression and so hence you know it's a lesson it appears as a trial because it's a lesson that has not yet been learned <laughs> that that fixation is just the decision that I have made long ago you know maybe even before I got here and it's just reinforced in this life but it certainly one I made when I was a child that um, the lens to look at the world through is guilt and shame and avoidance thereof and that's not that's all perception that is not it cannot be universal it is very particular and separate and so it blocks the awareness 
that of universal the ties that bind the universality of creation the miracle of creation is that it is one forever and so I understand now why <laughs> better why it's here in the course and how and definitely why it's it's taken a couple couple three years to get through the fixation that I would hold in place to block this eternal fixation and that uh, the choice is available at any time at any place for people to release their personal fixation and move into an eternal fixation that heals all the suffering that comes from these self-judgments that separate us. Anyway, I'm complete with that. And so, that I'd like to... Very excellent. Thank you, Lemoyne. Beautiful. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, thank you all for your listening. And so, Lori, do you have a particular closing to offer? (laughs) I do. I do. And thanks for asking. Um, Next next week, I think we're going to be talking about teach only love for that is what you are. And when he talks about that, he says... I had learned the atonement prayer too well to make that kind of error, the error of condemnation or the belief something needs to be eliminated. I had learned the atonement prayer too well. And I wanted just to make um, a simple point. Back in chapter 3, he said, I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. Truth cannot deal with unwilling error. Truth cannot deal with unwilling error. And so in this atonement prayer, which is how he ends chapter 5 with this atonement prayer, he makes it very clear that it's my responsibility to return my mind to the point at which I made an error. Be very firm with yourself about this, he says. Because if I'm not at peace... I've made a thinking error. If I'm not at peace, I've made a thinking error. So return your mind to the point at which the error was made and recognize that I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I will. I will. I intend. I align with... I will to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. Again, that word will. I will let him. I align my mind with truth. I desire to do that. I was a man who remembered the soul and its knowledge. 
truth cannot deal with unwilling error. I need to recognize my mind's error and ask for correction. The atonement is the correction of my mind's thinking errors, very simply. He's talking so much about Freud and, and what have you, because he wants me to know that the atonement is always and will always be the truth, and truth is always the perfect defense. Always the perfect defense, because the atonement only heals. It's the only defense that can be used in one way. He talked about fixation as Freud used it, because Freud was using it as an attack against the truth. He was fixated on the belief that the mind could differ from reality and defend it. The problem of the ego is one of denial, defense, and dissociation. That's what the ego does to maintain its version of truth. But when I will to have my errors corrected, all I'm doing is accepting the atonement for myself. I will to do so. I will to learn this atonement prayer. I will to accept the truth and nothing but the truth. And so to close it today, this is right here in chapter 5. My mind will always be like yours because we are created as equal. It was only my decision that gave me all power in heaven and earth. My only gift to you is to help you make the same decision for yourself. The will for this decision is the will to share it. Because the decision itself is the decision to share. It is made by giving and is therefore the one act of mind that resembles true creation. You understand the role of models in the learning process and the importance of the models you value and choose to follow in determining what you will to learn. I am your model for decision. By deciding for God, I showed you that this decision can be made and you can make it. I promised you that the mind that made the decision for me, for me, this isn't something I do for myself. I have to let it be done for me. Is also in you and that you can let it change you just as you, just as it changed me. This mind is unequivocal because it hears only one voice and answers in only one way, the one defense that can only be used to heal. You are the light of the world with me. You are the light of the world with me. The Holy Spirit is called to awake and be glad. Our task is the joyous one of waking it to the call for God. Everyone will answer the call of the Holy Spirit or the Sonship cannot be as one. What better vocation could there be for any part of the kingdom than to restore it to the perfect integration that can make it whole? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Thank God. you, everyone. This is a beautiful call today. Yes, thanks, all. Yeah, thank you, Lori.
and everyone here, and everyone who might listen to this recording in the future. And the uh, <laughs> call will continue, but this is the end of the recording.